0: Hallelujah. I just want to share a few thoughts with you. I wasn't going to share at all. I was just going to pray tonight, but I heard the Holy, he started talking to me this afternoon about some things about Bethel and he's, and he was pretty clear with me. He said, I want you to I want you to share some of these things because this is the first Bethel day. This is January 1st. Yes. And so, um, so some of this I, is new. I haven't even shared with my wife because he only talked to me about it this afternoon. And, uh, but I just want to put it in context. 2 Kings chapter 2, please. 2 Kings chapter 2. You see here that Elisha has got the mantle. He's already gone through the Jordan River. He's already been in Jericho. And it says, so the waters were healed, verse 22. 2 Kings 2, 22 so the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of elisha which he spoke verse 23 and he went up from thence unto bethel and as he was going up by the way there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him go up thou bald head go up thou bald head now elijah was hairy the bible says he was that's why john the baptist dressed in camel's hair because he came in the spirit and power of Elijah. He was the embodiment of Elijah as the crossover prophet. And that's why he dressed like that, because Elijah was very hairy, the Bible says. But you just, you know, some guys are like that, some guys are not. But Elisha was bald. So he, he, wasn't, he wasn't hairy. So just, just so you know that, right? And so what these children were mocking him, and they were saying just, they were saying, you know, how Elijah, Elijah went up. They were mocking him saying, well, you know, you're, 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 your leader went up, so why don't you go up, Baldy? That's what they were saying. They were talking about something very holy that God had done, which was take him up in a whirlwind. I mean, that's, that's astonishing. Uh, he actually never saw death like, like Enoch. There was only two human beings in the Old Testament that never, their hearts never stopped beating, Enoch and Elijah. Even Moses died. It's just that Michael took his body. You know they couldn't find it, and Satan was looking for his body, and Michael took it and hid it. But he still died on the on Mount Nebo. Every other human being, their heart stopped, except Elijah, and except. That's probably why they're going to be the two that come back in the great tribulation period in the old test Nobody knows but it could be those two that come back and are killed by the antichrist and then raised from the dead Because under the old dispensation every person had to they had to die in the traditional way Now in the new testament that doesn't apply because millions of christians aren't going to die including me and you We're going up in the rapture, but in the old testament before jesus paid the price every human being had to die and so it's probably those two that will come back in the end days and, and that says that the two Old, Pro, Old Testament people came. But anyway, Elijah, this was a holy thing that happened with Elijah. And for these young kids to come and mock holy things, are you listening? Yeah. Mock holy things. They were mocking the, what, hap- what God did in the miracle of Elijah. So they were mocking supernatural actions of God and they were mocking the man because they called him baldy. And so there is a danger to doing that. In the New Testament, God don't kill people, but that doesn't mean there's still not judgment. You'll open a door for the devil, the devil will come. You don't need God to do nothing, uh, you'll, open, you'll open problems. So I just want to put in context, we know we're following the timeline of Elisha because back back a number of years ago, God said to me in, or in January 17th, 2017, that was the actual day, uh, very early in the morning, uh, really all the way through the night. I don't think I slept that night, but he started talking to us about how there was going to be two different timelines. One, he said, is going to be the, the David analogy, and one would be the Elisha analogy. And he said the David analogy is David, wa, David was in, 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 a, in that, what's that first place that we always call your basement? The, the cave of Adullam. That not, but your basement wasn't the cave of Adullam. But that's what God said it was, so just relax, Lorraine. <laughs> and then he went from there. Where's the next place he went to? Ziglag. And that was a season. And then, and then, of course, he, he stepped into his assignment as king and he went into Hebron. And then, of course, later on, seven and a half years later, he stepped into, Jer- into Jerusalem. So he said on the bigger picture, that's what's happening here. And, and, and even from the time he stopped serving Saul until the time that he went, it was a certain number of years. I didn't come up with any of this. God spoke to me. And he said, from the time that you ended in this part of your ministry until the time that something special is going to happen and you're going to step into an anointing and an assignment, he said, it's the same number of years. There's a, there's a parallel between the two and that, and that, that, that was 2020 that he said, that's going to culminate in. And he said, it's going to go to 2027, and then you're going to step into something else called the Jerusalem years. So on the larger timeline, it was from David. But then God started getting more specific within that larger timeline. And he said, now, I'm speaking. he came to me. I didn't ask him. I didn't make this up. He said, now, I want you to follow what happened with Elisha, because the same will happen with you. And he said, notice how when Elijah said to him, we won't read for sake of time, but he said, God's sending me to Bethel. And then he said, God's sending me to to uh, Jericho, and then he said, and, and and he had these different stops, and then God sending me to Jordan, and God said to me in January 17, 17, He said that now those specific timelines are going to happen now, and He said so in, in 2017 there was a Bethel year for us. And then 2018, uh, he, he said, Now that now's the next year. And then nineteen, that was Bethel, then Jericho, and then Jordan. And then he said in twenty twenty, it's the plain, it's the plain of Jordan, and that's where Elisha received that special assignment. Which was a which was a, a it's like a dual a duality. Because on that year he received his mantle, but also on the David timeline, David sat down in the anointing as king. And so both of that happened with the fast in 2020 and with that new assignment and mentor that came on our ministry. It culminated in that. But then, but then on the fast, God started talking to me about the years forward that ended 2020, end of 2020. He said, but now follow Elisha's footsteps and go follow him because every year will be one, will be one experience that he had. And I'm just reminding because we have new people that may not have heard that. And so in the first year, Elisha got the mantle and he went back to Jordan. And there was certain symbolisms and things that happened in 2021. We won't talk about that, but we talked about it much in that year. And what God told me would happen exactly happened. Then he said 2022 last year was the Jericho year. And we talked about it on Sunday morning. I, I read you the different things God said would happen in the Jericho year. And everything he said to me happened. Because, we see, I'm, I didn't make, he came to me. He said, you follow the footsteps of Elisha. I didn't say, I think this is cool. I'm going to make this my mandate. Right. He said, you follow the footsteps. That's, a, that's the exact phrase he used with me. He said, you follow the footsteps of Elisha. And I, and I will show you the things to come. Now, that's scripture because the Holy Ghost is, he he's leads us into all truth. Yes. So there's, there's truth, there's more than one kind of truth. There's doctrinal truth and then there's prophetic truth and then there's truth about your future. He leads us into all truth, the Bible says, and shows us things to come, which means the Holy Ghost's job is to lead me into his truth generally, but also specifically for my life and for this church. I have to know, I don't get other people dictate to me the vision. I don't go to a conference to get the vision. I don't try something new because it worked for that church. I'm responsible and will stand and give an account. Do I know the vision for this church? And I spend time with God. And there's many people that pray for me that I would hear. And God has given us instruction and said, follow into the footsteps of Elisha during the season of Hebron. And so it happened before Hebron even started because Hebron started in 2020, but it started in 2017, 18, 19. Those were three stops. 20 was the, this bridge year, 21, 22, 23. Now we've just entered into 23. He went from, from the mantle to the river Jordan over to Jericho. We've talked about all that. And then he steps over into Bethel. He's on a journey and we're on a journey. And there he said, go up, bald head, verse 24. And he turned back and looked on them. Oh, my God. I don't know if you want the prophet to look on you like that. And cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth forth two she bears out of the wood. I guess the men were watching uh, football. But the lady bears, lady bears are more vicious than men bears. Did you know that? Husbands are too afraid to say amen. Amen. Two she-bears came out of the wood and tear 40 and two children. (laughs) And he went from thence to Mount Carmel and from thence returned to Samaria. So I already know what Mount Carmel is about. We won't talk about that now, but that's for 24 and 25 and 26. And then Samaria uh, is basically the beginning of the Jerusalem season, which is 27. But now it doesn't give you, are you with me? In Jericho, there was instruction about what he did. There was much to pull from. The list I gave you Sunday morning about it was a season of beginnings and, and the sweet waters and he put the salt in there and holiness and the, 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 the young men withstood him on certain things. There was information about Elisha there. On this, there's nothing said other than, you know, these kids mock him and, he, and, he, and, and they die. Right? and that the place is named Bethel but that's about it. So I said, well, Lord, you I've already kind of know what some of that means because you've already talked to me about what those that mockery and that attack and different things, what some of it, not all of it, what some of it represents." I said, "And I know that Bethel means you're going to speak and you've already told me that this next year is going this year that we're in now. We just started it. We're going to have more guest ministers and God's going to speak through them." Yes. But I said, "Lord, is there anything else because the story doesn't really give much information." But I'm happy with just those two things. If that's all I need to know, then that's all I need to know. And he didn't answer me. I've been asking him and asking him and asking him and asking him. But God is so specific. People don't realize it about God. God is on a certain clock and it's not your clock. And he spoke to me today. But when I said, Lord, I've been asking this for months. And he said, I couldn't tell you until Bethel dawned. Now, I don't know why he couldn't, but he just didn't. It doesn't matter how much I asked, he couldn't reveal it till now because now we're in it. See, there's certain things that are for certain times. And so this afternoon he spoke to me and he said, there is revelation that you've got from the Elisha story of Bethel. He said, but there is more to tell you. I said, okay, I like it when he says that. Now, God is just the way the pattern he works with me is he doesn't just say to me, and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is going to happen and that and that's it. He doesn't do it that way with me not in this regard, about vision. He always gives me scripture. And he's, that's his pattern. So I knew when he said, there's more to tell you beyond what you've read in Second Kings, I knew that he was gonna give me scripture because that's the pattern he uses in this form, not in other ways he talks to me differently, but in this form about vision and about the church and about what's going to happen, he always gives me scripture. So I asked him, I said, Lord, what scripture? I just know you're going to do that because that's always to say you do it the same way with me. So what scripture is there? And he said, there are many scriptures about Bethel, but I want you to focus on Jacob and Abraham. And he, he said, those, now there's others, but he said, focus on Jacob and Abraham. And he said, I'm going to speak to you. So I'd like you to do that with me for a few minutes, if that's okay. Uh, I kind of should be preaching this on a Sunday morning. And I said, Lord, it's not a good time to do it tonight because not everybody's going to be listening. And this is a Sunday morning kind of thing. And he said, no, it is for the first, it is for the dawning of the year. So whoever's there gets it and whoever doesn't, doesn't. But you say it on the first night, which is tonight. So I want you to look, please, with me in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12 is the first time that we see Abram talking about uh, Genesis chapter 12. Can you turn there? And there's a couple things I believe will bless you, but this is not just me saying it. This is the Holy Ghost showing me some stuff that is very particular. Now, Genesis 12 is the very first chapter about Abraham. Abram, technically, but I'll just say Abraham because, you know, he changed his name. But this is the very beginning part. Genesis chapter 11 talks about the genealogy and about how his dad died in Haran. But but really, we're not even into the story of, of Abraham until Genesis chapter 12. So this is the inception of the story. Okay. And so I just want you to notice here with me. Uh, if you go down, please. And it says, in Abraham, pass verse six, Abraham passed through the land under the place of Shechem and to the plain of Moray, and the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who had appeared to him. That's in a place called Shechem. In verse 8, he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So he goes to this first place. God appears to him, builds an altar, goes to Bethel. Builds an altar, but God doesn't say anything the first time. I'm just telling you, this is the first time we see Abraham and Bethel in the Bible. Then he goes on down. We're not going to read all that. But if you look at verse nine, he journeys toward the South because there's a famine in the land. And then you've got this long story about Egypt. Remember? And he said, she's my sister. And she's obviously very, she's what we would call a supermodel because the king wants to marry her. And then God shuts up the, all the household of the king's wombs and says, I, and I love it. My favorite line in the Bible is in that story in chapter 13, where God answered the king of Egypt and said, thou art a dead man. I love it. That's dirty Harry talk right there. God said that. Tell me how cool that is. Thou art a dead man. You don't want God saying that to you. Anyway, we're going to skip over. That's all chapter 13 about he's down there in, and then he leaves and, and he's blessed. He's very blessed when when he leaves uh when he leaves the south but now i want you to look in chapter 13 verse 3 and he went on his journeys from the south all this egypt thing is over now even to where did he go bethel Bethel. unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning which is what i just read you between bethel and ai unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and abraham called in the name of the lord now the first time he called in the name of the lord the lord did answer him but now the second time he calls on the name of the Lord, I want you to notice there's notice there's no reference to God answering him. What does it say? And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds. And now there's the story about Lot who should have fired his workers because they're arguing with Uncle Abraham. But Lot doesn't realize that he's blessed because of Abraham. Lot thinks he's blessed because he's got a PhD. Do you understand? Lot missed it. And Abraham was the one I'm t- shortening it up because of time. Abraham's the one that said, "Please depart from me. I don't want strife. Our enemies are in the land. We can't have disunity. We got to be in t- we got to be in oneness. So why don't you go? If you take take the best, I'll take the lesser." If you take this side, I'll take that side. If you take that side, he's not worrying about climbing the ladder because the blessing, the blessing will turn whatever piece of dirt he's got into a garden of Eden. He's not worried about what land he gets. That's why you've got to think the same way because Galatians 3.13 says the blessing of Abraham has come upon the righteous, upon the believer. The blessing of Abraham is on you. It doesn't matter what they do or don't do. Whatever you've got has to flourish. If you if you're living right and if you understand the blessing So we see the story play out with lot and lot He called upon the name of the lord and god was silent interesting Now lot does his jiggle His wiggle and dance and now he leaves Now go down with me, please And let's pick it up after lot leaves Look at this verse 14 genesis 13:14, and the lord said unto abraham after Lot separated from him. Are you listening to me? God didn't speak while the wrong associations were present. He's in Bethel, Jenny. But God wouldn't speak while the wrong associations were present. And I wonder if the first time before he went to Egypt, when he called upon the name of the Lord in Bethel, if maybe, we don't know, I'm speculating, maybe God didn't speak then because wrong associations were present. I don't know. I just know that he called upon in Bethel and there was no answer. He goes down to Egypt, God saves him, blesses him, he comes back, he goes back to Bethel. He calls upon the name of the Lord, there's no answer. Lot starts doing his jig, Lot leaves, and now there's an answer. Mm, And so, uh, I, I don't want to interpret that wrongly in any way, shape, or form. But over the years, certain of the leadership know what I'm talking about. There's been folks with wrong associations. We were talking about it, Greg, last night. And uh, some of them, I don't ask people to leave typically, but some of them choose to go their own direction on their own way like Lot. And uh, Dr. Dufresne told me before he died, he said, when that happens, don't cry, rejoice. Now, you don't feel like rejoicing because you love people and they're a living stone that is making up a wall and you feel their loss. But I, the Lord said to me, I'm going to talk to you through this chapter. And he said, one of the principles of me speaking is right associations have to be present and wrong associations, wrong associations have to depart. And he started talking to me. He said, now in your case, certain wrong, and I don't mean all, he just said certain wrong associations have departed and he said, it's time to speak. Oh. Notice he called, but there was no answer. Then the wrong association left, and God answered. Now, I'm not saying that in every single case with us, but I just know that we've gone through a little bit of a season the last few years, haven't we, Taylor, where there's been some some folks we that we thought, and then they weren't, and we thought, and then we weren't, and, and, and it's been difficult to process in my heart and different things, but he encouraged me this afternoon, and he said, uh, remember what Dr. Dufresne said, don't cry, rejoice, and he said, with right associations, I'll speak, which would indicate, and you've gone through it too, with wrong associations, brother, certain things are held back, but with right associations and where people's hearts are right, people around you with right hearts, see, Lot was competitive, competitive, proud, and jealous, And people that are around me and this ministry that are competitive, proud, and jealous need to leave because you're actually hindering God doing what I need God to do. And we've had some of them leave. And maybe that's a good thing because in the, with the dismissal of wrong associations, answers came. Instruction came. Now, God has said to me before today, This is going to be a year where I talk and I'm going to talk a lot through guest ministers, but I'm also going to talk directly. Well, how could God talk in Bethel? We obviously have to have passed the association test. Do you understand? I'm not saying that everybody is a little angel with wing buds coming out of their shoulder blades in this room or in our congregation, but I'm saying he's already said, I'm going to speak. But with Abraham, he couldn't speak because of wrong association. So if he's already told us he's going to speak, it means this association thing, we must have licked it, kind of. We must have dealt with it, more or less. Are you with me? So don't be a proud, jealous, and competitive person. Because you can hinder the plan of God for the church, and obviously for your own life. Flow with the vision. Flow with where we ask you to serve. Just stay humble and just stay excited. That's good. Praise God. Yeah. Now, I want you to notice that so that was one lesson that he taught me today. He said, wrong associations can hinder my move. But I told you now I'm going to start to move. So some wrong associations, don't worry about it because you're moving on. And this is a good thing. Don't always cry when certain people leave. Are you listening to me, congregation? The church is a very unique and strange place. You come, you make friends, you get together and then all of a sudden sometimes time passes and then that friendship is gone and it might hurt a little bit and it might sting a little bit, and you might wonder what happened, and you might even hear things uh, that you're not even sure. Is this, did did the church do something wrong? Did pastor do something wrong? It's just better that you don't touch it with your thought life, and it's better that if you have questions, you come ask. You don't just accept whatever is said through the grapevine. and it's just better that you just let that relationship go and move on because the vision is moving on, and God spoke to me. I'm not making this up. He spoke to me this afternoon, He said there's more revelation about Bethel than what you've read in second Kings that applies to you in this year Focus on Jacob and Abraham and I will speak to you And so I started with Abraham because he's the boss. He was he was Jacob's grandpa So let's start chronologically and I started with that and the first thing he said to me was wrong associations will hinder my move But i've told you i'm about to move Which means certain right associations are now in place that doesn't mean everybody's perfect but it's a warning if you're struggling with pride or with jealousy or with competition or with this or that uh, especially those that are ministers under me especially you then I would highly suggest you deal with your heart because we need to move forward and God is very particular he won't even talk when certain people are around are you listening to me I've been with Pastor Nancy at times where other ministers are present and she just won't talk. And as soon as they leave, the anointing hits her and she starts talking. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. It's because whatever is going on in their heart is hindering that flow of the anointing in her. And she just stays quiet till they're physically removed from her presence then the anointing will start working. It's the same thing with Abraham and Lot. So, praise God. That's just, that's not maybe on the main list because we're not he didn't tell me to do anything or that we have any wrong associations that we need to remove people he didn't say action was required he was just kind of giving me a a little insight into the spiritual realm so that i understood oh so sometimes things have to be changed before god will do certain things and sometimes in business it's the same way and sometimes in your personal life it's the same way and sometimes you've got friendships and god's not dealing with you things aren't working for you why don't you check who your friends are Um, This is for somebody because I can feel the anointing on it when I say it. You're wondering why God won't talk you and you're doing everything that you know to do right. A lot of times it's because of who you're fellowshipping with, who you're associating with. And I'm talking even, but even though they're born again, believers, but if they have got a wrong heart, or if they're against this flow, or if they're against what we preach, or if they're against Pastor Nancy, I'm telling you, there'll be a hindrance, there'll be a silence from the spiritual realm for you because of wrong associations. That can work personally as well as corporately. That can work in businesses. You get wrong people in business with you, and all of a sudden that anointing lifts off you. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive. Can I tell you something just as an example to you? We were, we were singing on Sunday morning and we were singing a song. I won't say what song, but we were singing a song and I felt the anointing go like this. And I know, I know it because I'm, I'm, I'm schooled in it. And I don't, I still don't know a lot. I'm learning. I'm on a journey like everybody else. I'm certainly not a know-it-all, but I know when it lifts and it started to lift off. And I said, Lord, what, what, what's going on? And he spoke to me and he said, that song is for performance, not worship. Meaning you can sing it as a song to sing as a performance and then people can get up and enjoy it. But don't you put that in the worship list again. It offended the Holy Ghost. And I like the song. And I was worshiping to it. But for some reason, he did not appreciate that song in the worship list. And I felt that anointing lift off. And as soon as that song was done, I felt the anointing come back. That is how sensitive, now people that are not sensitive, they won't pick that up. But and sometimes it's i'm the only one that will pick that up not even my wife and it's not because she's not sensitive It's because i'm the one that has to make the decision So sometimes the only reveals it to me nobody else and people can still feel a measure of the anointing But I as the leader can feel the distinction Uh Because i'm the one that has to make the decision. I'm going to be responsible for god. I only say that to say this He is very sensitive The holy spirit is very sensitive If he can lift off because a certain song is more performance-based than worship-based, how much more can he lift off when you're having coffee and and chumming around and buddy-buddies with somebody that 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 has just got something's wrong with them? I don't mean gross sin. It could just be a heart issue. I'm not saying leave all your friends. I'm just saying ask the Holy Ghost. Lord, are my associations helping the anointing on my life or hindering them? And then he'll show you. Because the next time you're having lunch with them, there'll be something on the inside that you go, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is, but I'm uneasy. But I like this person and everything's great. And they're not even saying anything wrong, but something's wrong. Follow that. Follow that and stop having lunch with them. That's if you want to be spiritual you just want to keep going the way you're going then just ignore that and the holy ghost will stop prompting you but then when he prompts you because he wants to make you a million dollars through a business or through this or through that or through an investment uh you're not going to hear that either because now you've so grieved him over the what you didn't like what he told you before now when he's trying to tell you something that will actually bless you now you're not going to hear him either this is not making you happy but anyway we'll move on i know it's not i know it's a bit meddling but it's important so that divine association thing is not something I have to take action on but he was just letting me know. Maybe some of you know though need to take action on it, I don't know. But I want you to see this now, verse 14 because this is the first thing other than what we see with Elijah, Elisha, and the kids, the mockery, the attack and the overwhelming power to deal with the attack. And the fact that Bethel is the word house of God which means God's going to speak, because he always speaks in Bethel. That's what we came into this year knowing. But today, he revealed some more. Other than the association principle, the first thing on my list that he said to me was this, in verse 14, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his tent and went and dwelt in the plain Mamre. So in that Bethel experience once Lot just departed and God answered see God speaks in Bethel God said to him and I I read all that and I said Lord what do you what do you say like what does all that mean and he answered me and he said in the season of Bethel I told Abraham about how much I'm gonna bless him I told him how much I'm gonna bless him and I told him to look and I told him to walk did you see that Look in the eye of faith and then do something about it. Walk through it. Walk through it. Put your feet on the ground. And so principle number one, other than the Elisha principles, he said to me, he said, this year in Bethel, I'm going to talk a lot to you and the congregation for their private lives as well as for their corporate lives with promise of life. I'm going to talk to you about how much I'm about to bless you. Now you say, well, why do I need to know that? Because if you, can't, if you can't accept what God is saying about the blessing, you've got to process it. You've got to agree with it. You've got to believe it and then you've got to start speaking it and then you've got to start walking it out or it will never happen. So don't look at it and say, well, what's the point of God talking to me? Just bless me. Don't, let's just skip that step and just bless me. No, God always talks about things before He does things, and He said, "And I know He's talking about the Jerusalem season, but He said I'm going to start talking this year about how much I'm going to do for this church in the in the days to come, about the building, about the miracles, about the revival, about what's going to happen in Jerusalem. I'm going to start talking because that's what He talked to Abraham about." That's right. And he said, there's certain things that you need to look in the eye of faith and see. Listen, Jenny. He said, but there's other things that you need to walk out in the spirit. Oh, my God. I said, Lord, is there anything physically I need to do? Do I need to go and walk some property somewhere? Or are you going to show me where the new church is going to be? And I need to pace and put my feet on the ground. He said, no, not unless I tell you. He said, I'm talking about things of the spirit. He did things in the natural. He opened his eyes and he physically looked and he took his shoes and he walked that place. He said that's what he did in the natural, but I'm telling you to do it in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm. He said, I'm gonna start talking about certain things I'm gonna do for you in the future and for this congregation and for this church. So we we better pay attention. We better start anticipating that. And I know some of it's gonna be through the ministers and some of it's not. And he said, and then I want you to open your eye of faith and see what I'm talking about by faith, and then start to walk in the spirit as you pray, walk certain of these things out. So that before the end of the year, you've already walked in the spirit, so to speak. You've already walked out in prayer some of the things I've been talking to you about. Because if you don't walk it out in the spirit, you'll never walk it out in the natural. I know that sounds simple. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for God telling us the wonderful things he's about to do. <laughs> Amen. So that we'll start believing it. Yes. Amen. I know we believe it, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. So there, there was Mr. Abraham with Bethel. All right? And now I need you to look, please, with me. Uh, and we're going to look at Mr. Jacob very quickly. Mr. Jacob, his grandson. And this is in, I believe it is in chapter... <clears throat> Uh, where did I write that down? Yes, chapter 28 of Genesis. I just want you to read, there's, there's two parts to this, but let's start with the first part, Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. I'm not, this is, you know, he, he, he steals, you know, he legitimately takes the birthright in terms of his brother had given it to him, but he had to deceive his father in order to do it. Anyway, and then he goes on, and of course, remember, he's on the run now, <laughs> if you're going to take something you better be a fast runner okay <laughs> that's why Greg is in shape all the time because he runs a lot amen <laughs> okay and Jacob went from out verse 10 28 10 and Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran remember he's going to work for his uncle and that ended up being for a long period of time And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. Makes me appreciate my pillow because I didn't know that stones would be comfortable pillows. But anyway, apparently they are. Uh, And lay down in place to sleep and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached up to heaven and the behold angels of God ascending and descending. Notice they ascended first, which means they were on the earth. And then they came, they went up and they came down. That's very representative of angels bringing supply for us. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee, I will give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be all as all the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Remember, same things that God said to Abraham. Now, do you know one of the interesting parts that people don't know is that Bethel was later on, but God knew that it would be used for that purpose. Bethel was a crossroads town, crossroads city. People don't know that. It was the middle marker. Everything of the northern kingdom was north of Bethel. Everything on the southern kingdom of Judah was south of Bethel. The road went through Bethel north from 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 Hebron in the south to Shechem in the north, and it went east and west. It was an east and west dividing line toward going, going east and then south toward 11 miles down toward Jerusalem. And if you kept going east and you went to the Jordan River and then over into Edom, and it went all the way over to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, it was a crossroads city. So it was very busy. Now, God knew that it would be used for that purpose. It's interesting that in the crossroads city where north, south, east, wet people, the, the main roads went through Bethel. God, in that same place, even though there were no roads at that time, said, look north, look south, look east, look west. He said it both to Abraham and to Jacob. Yeah. You're in a crossroads city. Now look, in future, there's gonna be roads going this way. But I want you to look, 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 look. Everything you see, I'm gonna give you. I think that's, and in thee and thy seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Verse 15, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee, and will protect thee in all the places whither thou goest and will bring thee again to this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of to thee. Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place or awesome is this place is a better word than dreadful. It's a good word, not a bad word, dreadful. How precious, how awesome with the reverential fear of God is this place. There is none other, this is none other but the house of God. It was called Luz, L-U-Z, up to that point. He changed the name to Bethel. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon it. And he called the name of the place Bethel the house of God, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And he vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me, God just said he would keep me in this way that I go and will give me the bread to eat and the raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I've set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the 10th unto thee. And I read that and I said, and I closed my eyes. I said, now, Lord, what do you want? Is you said to me to study these two men and that you'll speak to me. And so talk to me. What, what applies to us out of this? And he said, I did not expect him to hear. I did not expect this said Jenny, but I'm telling you, you mark my words. This will come to pass because I know his voice when he speaks to me. He said, I've been talking to you recently about the importance of dreams. And he has, and I've said that a couple times publicly, that there's gonna be an increase of dreams. And he said, I've been talking to you about that because Bethel is a place of dreams. (laughs) I didn't even really see that. To be honest with you, I know, don't mock me, but I actually didn't realize it was a dream until today. I thought it was a vision that he had of the angels, but I'm reading it carefully and he's sleeping and he has a dream and in the dream he sees the ladder. I thought it was a vision all these years. Before he had the sleeping, he saw a vision, but it actually was a dream. But there's been something bubbling in my spirit for the last month or so about dreams, dreams. I don't know why. I haven't had any. I've had some, Rob, but they're just weird. (laughs) Like I had a dream this afternoon when I had a nap. And Jenny and I were getting married, but we were in our own house And Greg was doing the wedding and he didn't know what he was doing. And I had to pull the book away from him and say, you're doing it wrong. Read it this way and then hand it back. I mean, it was was a nightmare. It wasn't a dream. So I I can't count on my dreams because my dreams are weird. But lately, this is spiritual. He's been dealing with me a lot. It's been bubbling up in my spirit. Uh, The importance of dreams. The importance of dreams. I'm going to start talking to people through dreams. We know he spoke twice to Joseph in the Bible through dreams. We know he spoke to Joseph, Jesus' dad. We know he spoke to to Jacob in this Bethel season. But I wasn't connecting it to Bethel at all. But this afternoon I heard him say, Bethel is the place of dreams. And he said, I'm going to start giving you dreams from my spirit and congregation members dreams from my spirit about the future and about what I'm going to do to bless you. What? Wow. And I—he didn't say it, but I know what he meant. It's to him, give you a dream of how he's going to bless you. Some of those dreams are going to be businesses. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yes, they were. That lady, that 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 uh, what's that preacher's name? Joyce, Joyce Meyer. She got that oculic oculus machine for eye surgery. She got it in a dream. Yes. 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 Made her huh, millions. Yes. 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 First thing she did was bring her tithe didn't leave church to go travel the world every second week. She was faithful. That's why God can trust her. Because if he can trust you with mammon money, listen, you're broke, right? You're, or you're barely getting by or you're just okay. You don't, you, that doesn't mean he can trust you. What about when you're filthy rich? Or we should say squeaky clean rich. What about when you're clean rich and now you don't need anybody? And now you don't need church and you don't need work and you tell your boss to beat it Are you going to tell your pastor to beat it? Because if god, god knows what you're going to do with wealth And if he can't trust you with wealth what he's after is the true riches of the assignment and the vision He don't care about money that much. He cares about the plan coming to pass But he's got to, He can't trust you with the plan. He can't trust you with money. So he wants to see if rich people Before they're rich can be trusted when they're rich because the plan is what matters, not the money in the bank account. So what you do with the little matters because it will show God what you'll do when you've got a hundred times that. Are you with me? I know not taking a little longer than I planned, but I'm this is important you hear this. Now listen, he said to me, Greg, uh, Bethel is a place of dreams. <laughs> oh my God. And he said, I'm gonna start speaking to you, me, in dreams. Because I chuckled because the dream I had of you this afternoon. But, but, but this happened after I woke up. But he said, I'm going to start speaking to you in dreams about the future. And I'm going to show you certain things. That doesn't mean visions, too, because dreams, are young men and old men, you know, we can have a right to vision. I'm not old, so I have a right to visions. But he's been talking to me about dreams lately. And I've always been kind of skeptical about dreams. But I, I, I'm very well wary because a lot of people ruin their life because they have some weird dream and they get off. You got to go with the inward witness. But the inward wit- if the dream's from God, it will bear witness but he just, I'm just saying it for, take it or leave it. He said, I'm going to start talking to you through dreams this year. And he said, I'm going to start talking to your congregation through dreams. Now don't put an overemphasis on that and not the inner witness. Don't get into the rut on this. Okay. Don't start asking God for dreams and trying to make yourself have dreams. He just said, I'm going to start speaking to some. He didn't say all of the congregation. And I'm going to show some of them how I'm going to bless them through dreams, which he didn't say the word business, but I wonder if that could include that. Hmm. And then the third thing about dreams, he said, and it's not just you and your sheep. He said, I'm going to start this year. He can't do it till this year. It might even start tonight because it's a set time with God. But he said, I'm going to start giving people outside your church, both Christians and sinners alike this year. I'm going to start giving them dreams about their assignment to help with the vision. And he said, and when people come in the future, you can ask them, when did you get that dream? And you'll see, they'll say, it started in 2023. I'm telling you, it'll come to pass. It will will come to pass because Hebron is a place of dreams. My God. Secondly, he said, angel activity is going to increase. Revelation on angels is going to increase. And your experience with angels is going to increase starting in 2023. Because just because it's listed here doesn't mean you can apply it, but he said that to me. Now, we know that Bethel also means the house of God. So he didn't say it, but I believe that revelation is going to come into people's heart more about the importance of the local church. And he didn't say it, but I believe because it's in the story that as when he was in Bethel, there were covenants and commitments made about the tithe. And I believe revelation is going to come to people in our congregation in this year about tithing, about the preciousness and the the holiness of it. It's not just money. It is a holy act. Now, God didn't tell me those two things. I I see it in the story and I can claim it. Lord, speak to my congregation about the preciousness and the importance of the local church because Bethel is an emphasis of the house of God. Speak to our congregation about the importance of the holy tithe, Because Bethel is a place where covenants were made about the tithe. But what he did say to me is he said, it's a place of dreams. I'm going to speak to you, congregation members, and those outside, both Christians and sinners alike, about their role in the future, and it's going to start this year. And I'm going to show your congregation things, how I'm going to bless them through some of the dreams that they have. And he said, and it's a place of increased three things, revelation on angels, activity of angels, and and experience with angels. He said some of the congregation members are going to have experiences with angels this year. Now, don't look for that and don't try to make that happen. If it happens, then it happened. Don't try to make it happen. But he said some of them are going to have experiences with angels this year that they've never had before. He said, but the activity and the word activity means that they're going to be doing things more. Why? Because of the increased revelation. Angels will not work more if you don't have revelation about them and use them but because of the increased revelation that's coming this year about angels, we're going to see more activity. Angels are going to do more activity, but he also said there's going to be more experiences with them. And I don't know fully what he means by that, but he said some of your congregation are going to have experiences with angels in 2023 because that is part of the plan for Bethel. Hallelujah. That was precious to me. I see four things in the story. He only spoke two. But I can claim the other two as well because it's right to claim that people have a revelation of the local church And it's right to claim that people get a revelation of tithing That's scriptural to claim that It's not scriptural to claim dream. Isn't that amazing taylor? It's not scriptural to claim dreams And it's not scriptural to claim angels in terms of experiences with them You can claim that they'll work for you, but not that you'll have experiences with them But it is scriptural to claim about the tithe and to claim about revelation of the local church it's interesting that the two things I'm allowed to claim he didn't say, and the two things I'm not allowed to claim he specified. I just think that's fascinating because he knows if he doesn't tell me, I can't claim those things. But he said it so I can claim it. it, not in an inappropriate way. But I can I can believe that God, yes, you're going to give supernatural dreams this year, and yes, and angels are going to be working at a much higher capacity this year than they were than more than they were last year. My God, Jenny. Hallelujah! So, what was what was one with Abraham? I'm going to I'm going to talk to you how much I'm going to bless you, and I want you to see it in the spirit and then start walking it out in prayer. Okay. What's with Jacob? I'm going to this is a place of dreams. And number three on our list is a place of revelation of angels, and you can put the other two in brackets: the local church and the tithe. Okay. And the last thing, if, are you okay? Just for me to tell you one more because I was I thought I was done. And then I heard the Holy Ghost say, no, you're not done. Uh, He came back to Bethel. And i had forgotten that. So turn with me quickly as we close to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35. Now remember, Jacob and his two wives, Leah and Rachel, and their kids, remember Jacob had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of, a little Benjamin wasn't born yet, but but because she she was born he was born with Rachel later and Rachel died in that childbirth but so there's 11 boys at this point and they're coming into the promised land remember he wrestles with God in Peniel as he enters into this land where he's now the patriarch God blesses him and then he goes and he and he stays at another place and uh and and in this place his kids get into trouble (laughs) wow what a shock (laughs) The man of God's right, but the kids are rotten. What what, what a shock, what a shocker. He's in Shechem and his kids don't listen to him. And then they go and the girl, the daughter wants to marry some guys and they said, okay, well, you know, you have to get circumcised if you're going to marry her. And so the other sons decide, you know, because they'd already slept with her and they had dishonored her. So let's get them circumcised. And while they're in pain after that, they go and kill everybody. Because they're too in pain from the circumcision to grab their swords and fight. I mean, Jacob's got rotten kids. They became the 12 tribes but they were not right. They were deceitful, they were and they did wicked things. They murdered people in cold blood. I mean not very not not everything goes that great here with his kids. But now we pass that story and we're into chapter 35 and it says and God said to Jacob in other words Jacob's just having a tough time down there in Shechem. Okay? And God says to Jacob, "Arise and go up to Bethel. And dwell there and make there notice now listen to me dwell there notice that word dwell there now listen we're gonna and make there an altar unto god that appeared unto thee when you fled from the face of esau thy brother remember it god appeared to him in the dream and jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him put away the strange gods that are among you they're they're worshiping idols the carnal buckets and be clean, change your garments, and let us arise, and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. Remember, he was running from his brother and was with me in the way which I went. And so anyway, you know, keep going down because one of the kids hides an idol. We don't need to talk about all that nonsense. Verse 7. Verse 6, and so Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, remember? And he and all the people that were with him, he named it Bethel. And verse 7, and there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel, because it means the God, the, the house of God, because there, there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now look at verse 9. This is very, very important. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padan Aram and blessed him. Now, why does it say again? Because when Jacob came the first time, remember, Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, appeared to him and wrestled with him till daybreak. He said, "What is thy name?" I'm not, you know, and then, and then, of course, after that, he blessed him. He blessed him at Peniel, and then Esau came. They exchanged gifts. There was a, a, a family reunion and harmony and forgiveness. Then he goes to Shechem. The kids mess up. Then he's at Bethel. Now that's the timeline. He already appeared to him once when he wrestled with him when he came out of Padanaram. Padanaram is where his uncle lived, but now God appeared to him at Bethel a second time. Are you with me? So this is a second appearing that happened, one in Peniel and now in Bethel. God appeared to him again in verse 10. And God said unto him. Now this is very important. This is the most important thing God said to me today out of everything he said to me is this scripture. Mm -hmm. And God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob. But Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel he changed his identity. And God said unto him, and I watch now, look at the similarities of what God did with Abraham and Bethel. He talked to him about how much he was going to bless him. Now look, he does the same thing with the third generation Jacob. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. And that word God Almighty is El Shaddai. I am God Almighty be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee and kings shall come out of thy loins and the land which i gave to abraham and isaac to thee will i give it and to thy seed after thee will i give the land what did god do he talked to him how he was going to bless him yeah. yes. do you see that with grandpa abraham in bethel he talked to him i'm going to bless you look and walk I'm going to bless you. With grandson Jacob, he says, I'm changing your identity and I want you to know I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Nations are going to come out of you. Your future is bright. Are you with me? This year, 2023, God is going to talk about our future and how bright it is. This is a, this is not just me quoting scripture. This is a revelation that God gave me this afternoon. This is beyond just a teaching. This is a prophetic word, a rhema word that God spoke to me. And I've actually never quite even seen it this way anyway. So this was kind of fresh to me anyway, even though I've read it so many times. He said, in that place, Bethel, I talked both to the previous generation and the latter generation again and again about how much I was going to bless them." He's going to speak this year. It's the year that God speaks. I didn't know what he was going to talk about until today. He said, I'm going to talk a lot about the Jerusalem years. I'm going to talk a lot about the revival that's coming. I'm going to talk a lot about the miracles that are going to take place. I'm going to talk a lot about the briefcases of money that Pastor Nancy saw in that vision. I'm going to talk a lot about what's going to happen in this church. I'm going to talk to the people about their futures. I'm going to talk to you about the church's future. I'm going to talk and I'm going to tell you the future is bright and I'm about to bless you big. Now I can't just claim that just because that's God said that to me Jenny. Mm-mm. And God went up from him verse 13 in the place where he that means it was an open vision. God came down and spoke to him and the first time was a dream the second time was an open vision. And God went up from talking and what did Jacob do set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him Even a pillar of stone. There was already a pillar there He sets up a second one and he poured a drink offering thereupon and he poured oil thereupon Remember the first time he only poured oil This time because it was an open vision, which is greater than a dream. He poured a drink offering and oil And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him bethel Now look at this. Just pay attention now I don't say this in any kind of. I just, I, I, anyway, I just say it. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath, and Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, "Fear not, for thou shalt have this son also." And it came to pass that as her soul was departing, for she died. That she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Benoni meaning sadness, but Benjamin means laughter. Now, listen, listen to me. The Lord said something to me today. He said, Did you notice I told them to stay at Bethel? Did you notice that? Go to Bethel and dwell there. The word dwell in Hebrew means set up permanent residency. What did they do? Went to Bethel praised sang left what happened when they left hard labor and death what happened when they got out of where God told them to be things that would have probably gone well if they had stayed went wrong for her I don't say that in any fearful way but I say that to myself if I get offended with my pastor Nancy and I leave the place of planting there's no way I can just claim scriptures out of the blue that everything will go well for me because things go well when you're in obedience and in the right place Abraham said I don't care if you can't find a wife I don't want you to take a wife for Isaac out of the Canaanites because you're going to go to my my father's land and not my father's land but my Laban and all those people you're going to go and find a wife for Isaac but the the guy says Abba says what if the girl won't come with me can I take your son with me over there no He said, no, if she won't come, he'll marry a Canaanite. But he will not leave the place where God planted him in the promised land. Abraham was not even willing for him to go on vacation to find a wife. It was that serious to him. If God put you here, you don't play games and go there. You stay where he put you and Nancy Dr. Dufresne have drilled this into me. God told them to be with Sumrall and Hagen, and they were and they were blessed. God told me to be with them and I am and I have and I will and I will continue to be. If I leave them the blessing will lift off me. When Lot left the blessing lifted off and he needed a rescue. Remember he went and fought the five kings to rescue him. And I'm I'm telling you if they had I believe it if they had stayed where God said dwell I believe Rachel would have lived I believe Rachel would have lived But they left where God said dwell to go to some other place for some other reason and immediately the blessing lifted off In terms of protection. He still got the blessing of Abraham on him But there's certain blessings that will not work if you're not in obedience So you're going to know the place of planting And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about your spouse. Do you realize that you are planted in Mary Chris? And Mary Chris is planted in you. And people have to know where they're planted. And not leave the place of planting because of fighting or this or that or life is not perfect. Are you listening to me? You're going to know about your job and your boss. I don't care if they're sinners. If God planted you in that place. Or if God told you to do that business Don't leave the place of planting Because it won't be better The grass is not greener, it's browner The devil will tell you That woman's better That job better That church better He's always promising green grass But he's got nothing but dead parched soil Don't leave the place where he planted you In your relationships In your marriage In your job Don't leave it If he told you to do that business and it's not working, pray and fast till you find out the problem, and it will work. Don't shut the business down because of there's a problem. See God. If He planted you in it, do it. And the church, obviously, don't just well they 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 preach different or they have a bigger building or they do it shorter. uh, That's all carnal mental natural thinking. You got to know where God first corinthians twelve eighteen. god planted you placed you in the body as it pleased him not as it pleased your your sensitivities but i want a black pastor tough luck i mean i'm black inside white outside but tough luck i'm a centennial egg it's black inside white outside I'm a regular egg. I'm Chinese inside, white outside. Oriental. I mean, I mean, I just want a little bit of everything because I love everybody. But get over your sensitivities. Well, it's a long drive. God don't care. He expects you to get use of your faith for the gas money. Or don't buy a house that makes you commute. Reverend Greg said to me recently, he said, well, there were houses that we were thinking, I mean, that we could have got a great deal. But he said, I will not drive that. I will not give myself an opportunity to not be faithful. Yeah. Now, that's what he, he. I'm not saying that for everybody. Because Mary, Chris and Nigel live far, but God gave them that house. Supernatural miracle happened for them to get in that house. And they're here, they're here just as much as anybody else. Because God knew they would be able to handle that. But it's good that an individual knows I don't want the temptation of of wondering what i be able to handle that So there's wisdom to say i'm not going to go far But there's also wisdom to listen to the holy ghost if he does say go far You just got to follow that leading because he won't lead you to be unfaithful that's right. That's right. Don't leave your place of planting Amen. But so praise god <laughs> Bethel that's a side note It's like the association. It's not on my list, but it's a good side note Watch your place of planting but what's on my list what did he actually say number one it's a place i'm going to talk to you about blessing you i want you to see it in the spirit and walk it out in prayer number two it's a place there's going to be an increase of dreams you your congregation and others number three it's a place where there's an increase of the of the activity and the revelation and the experiences with angels it's going to start in 2023 and number four hallelujah remember the blessing on jacob he said i'm going to bless you that's already included in the first thing on our list, because Jacob and Abraham are exactly the same. He talked about how he was going to bless them. So that's not number four, because that's just a repeat of what happened in number one. Do you understand? But number four, there were four things on the list. The fourth thing was, I'm telling you, this is very precious. I'm going to change your identity. Now, listen, I don't know what the fully this means. And when God said it to me, a presence of God came on me differently than the other three points it was like a holy moment. I know when, when God is bringing a spotlight on one point that is more holy than the others, if I could put it that way. All of them are important, but this one is major. I felt the presence of God come all over when he started talking to me. And he said, I changed his name. I changed his identity. Listen to me. A name is who you see yourself as and who others see you as. He sees himself as Taylor and we see him as Taylor. Identity change means you see yourself different and other people see you different. And he said, I'm going to, now I can't tell you everything because some of it's private, but he started talking to me in my life privately. He, he told me a couple things that this means, but you're going to figure that out for your life because I'm not telling you my private list, but I'm telling you the general principle. He said, I'm, I'm going to change the way you see yourself and I'm going to change how others see you. There's going to be a, such a working of the spirit the deep working of God inside you, that you're actually going to change the way you see yourself and the way other people see you, and it's going to start in 2023. He said, because in the place of Bethel, I changed his identity. And he said, in this year, I'm going to start changing your identity, Craig. Hallelujah. Now, that's a heavy, and the presence of God came real strong, so I knew he was highlighting this point as the most important point. Now, I don't want to tell you what, because he already told me two things, and it's probably more, but he's just started with two things. That's my private business, not yours. But I would strongly encourage, because he's already started telling me this is going to start happening this year. He's already told me one thing for me. And he said, when this, when you yield to this action of the spirit, you're actually going to change, you're going to see yourself differently. It's going to change the way you see yourself and it's going to change how other people see you. There's an identity change. My name's not changing. It's not the physical name, but there's actions." and things that I see myself as, and listen, that applies to every one of you. Yes. There are things in your life that, that, are, that, are, that are not the highest flow, and that God wants you to start, he wants to do a work in you by the Holy Spirit, so that you will see yourself the way he sees you, and the way he wants you to act, not the way you've been acting in the past. He's going to change the way you see yourself, if you'll let him. That's the way you think and also some of the things you way you act. And it's actually gonna be so dramatic that other people are gonna notice it and so changing the way they see you. Now, Jenny, I'm telling you, that was a very holy thing. It's almost too holy. I almost don't even want to say it because it feels so holy. It was so holy when he said it to me. You know, when holy things are said, you don't want to talk about them. They're too precious because if anybody were to mock or, or go, hmm, well, that's stupid or something, it would grieve me. It would grieve the Spirit because when God says it in a holy way, you may not, I may not be able to express it to you with the same gravity that he expressed it to me. And that's why I don't always want to share things because you weren't there in the room and you didn't feel the presence of God like I did. And he didn't bear witness how holy this was. So if I don't express it right, you might take it light and cheap. And that would grieve the spirit and that would grieve me. So sometimes I don't even want to share it. But he said, share it because it's the dawn of the new year. It needs to be said. So I'm saying it and I'm asking you, every one of you listening and watching and those that will watch after the fact, because not everybody's here tonight. Spend time waiting on God this year and don't wait till November. Start now and say, Lord, you said this is a year where there's going to be an identity change. And I'm part of this church, so I have a right to partake of that. Now I'm asking you, pastor, you're talking to him for his life, but I'm asking you for me. Now this, this identity change is a private thing. It's not a corporate thing. It's a, we're not changing the identity of promise of life. It's an individual personal thing for each person. Lord, show me what areas do I not see myself right as, in. What actions am I doing that are not, they're not who I really am in Christ. Teach me and change who, how I see me. And let it be so distinct in my actions that other people will actually see me differently. Because I've changed who I really am because the Holy Ghost is doing a deep work in me. But you have to seek God yourself about that. And if you do, he will show you. And if you obey him, you will change and be better off for it. And if you don't, and you disregard my counsel and ignore number four on the list and say, I don't have time to wait on God, then just keep doing exactly what you've been doing, exactly the way you've been doing it. And God will bless you as far as he can. And then he'll have to stop because he couldn't get everything over to Jacob that he needed until he became Israel. And he can't get everything over to you that he wants until the things in you that shouldn't be there, he has changed and taken out and put new things in, and your actions line up and other people recognize it. Notice an identity change, other people notice. So you haven't succeeded in this unless other people notice it. That's your litmus test. If nobody thinks you're different, you're not different. But don't you know I'm so much better? Unless other people notice, you're not really. Do you understand? That's how you know you've changed because other people realize it. We're great in our own eyes, Willie. But when other people notice the change, that's when we know something real has happened. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. But this is a private thing. I'm not prophesying over anybody about what that is. That's between you and the Holy Ghost. He's already told me something uh, very important. And he said, it's going to so change you. You're going to see yourself as a different person when this happens. And other people are going to notice a change too. Yeah. Hallelujah. And by the way, I'm not talking about avocado boy in my, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. In case you think that's what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's a natural thing, but he wasn't talking about that subject. He was talking about something in the spirit that I, I need to do differently. And he said, when that change happens, he said, it's going to actually change the way you see yourself. It's going to feel like you're a different person and other people are going to notice and it's going to change things around you because lethal is a season of identity change. Praise god So my brother and sister, you got four things to meditate on at the dawn of the year God is about to start talking to us about how much he's going to bless us and about his plan for our future Hallelujah danzo. It's going to start happening this year brother Praise god There's going to be instruction that comes There's going to be dreams that come by the holy ghost don't search them out, but they will come If you need them, you'll have them and you'll know what the answer is you don't meet listen to me everybody if you've got a dream from god you never have to ask somebody to interpret it if you're asking somebody to give you the interpretation it wasn't from god are you listening to me because scripturally every single time sinners had dreams didn't know but believers when they have dreams the holy ghost reveals to you what it is and if he's not then put it on the shelf and ignore it you don't need an appointment with me to i'm not daniel the dream interpreter I'm not Joseph, the dream interpreter. Just put it on the shelf and let it go. Because if it's from God, you'll know what it means. And dreams are coming to some. Angel activity is increasing and identity changes here. Praise God. Praise God. Those are the four things he dealt with me about. Then on the side, we've got associations. Watch them. We've got a revelation of the local church. We've got a revelation of tithing. There's also four sub points, but they're not in the main list. Those are associations. Watch out for them. Make sure you treat the local church. There's revelation coming on that. Make sure you're tithing. There's revelation coming on that. That's all part of the Bethel season. And what's the last one? I can't remember. What's the fourth one, Taylor, that we just said? I said it's not on the list. Don't leave your place of planting. He brought that out to me from that scripture. They left and she had trouble. But that's not one of the main points because that's not something that I'm claiming but but he gave me four things to claim and then he gave me four things that are subpoints that if you're smart, you'll pay attention to. But they're, they're not, they don't, like the three, that you know, what's Peter, James, and John were the three, but they didn't attain, the others didn't attain to the top three. Remember David's mighty men? He had 30, but they didn't attain to the three. There's always levels with God. The three, the four points are the most important points. That's what I've told you. But there's another four points that are less important, but they're still to be paid attention to if they apply to you and they may not apply to you, but the first four apply to everybody, but these other four may not apply to you. Watch your associations. Watch your treatment of the local church. Watch your tithing, and watch that you don't leave the place of planting like they did because you opened a door. It's as simple as that. That's all I can say. Praise God, but that may not apply to everybody, but everybody, God's going to start talking to you. If you listen, how much he's going to bless you. Hallelujah. He's going to show you the plan we're going to have an increase of dreams. We're going to have an increase of angels and we're going to have an identity change. He's going to start changing stuff deep on the inside where others are going to pay attention and notice, you know, you're really different. There's something different about you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these scriptures. Thank you for talking to me. Lord, we already know about the attacks and the overwhelming power to stop those attacks from Elisha's story. But, Lord, thank you for saying there's more to reveal and focus on Abraham and Jacob, and I'll speak to you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking. We receive it with gratitude and with great, great respect. We don't take it lightly when you speak to us. Lord, you spoke to me, but through me you're speaking to the people. It's from their office, their gift of a pastor. What I've given them is a gift today through that office. And Lord, they can take it and they can claim it and they can walk out as much or as little as they want. There's no pressure from me or judgment from me. Lord, I choose to take it fully and walk it out with all my heart. Because when you speak, and Jesus, you died for me and hung on that cross, the least I can do is obey you. I want to please you this year. I want 2023 to be smack dab in the perfect will of God. I want to honor you every week and every month of this year. I want you to be pleased with my words and with my actions and with my heart and with my thoughts. So right now, one more time, Jesus, we dedicate, we close our eyes, we lift our hands as a congregation, and we dedicate our hearts and ourselves and our lives to you afresh and anew today. Jesus, we are yours. We live and move and have our being in you. Our desire and our whole purpose of breathing is to bring you glory and to fulfill your plan. It is not about our plan. Is it about your plan for our life? Father, we thank you for encouraging us tonight. We thank you out of the so many things that you could have said to us. You chose to tell us that this year you're going to do a lot of speaking. You're going to speak through offices and you're going to speak to us directly. You're going to talk talk to us mainly about the future and about the greatness of your plan and about the richness of your blessings and about the Jerusalem season and about the great days ahead. There's going to be increased dreams, there's going to be increased angels, and you're going to do a deep work on the, each, on, on the inside of each of us. Things that aren't right, things that are not, they're not where they should be, you're going to tweak and change and move and reposition. And it's going to feel like we're a different person and it's going to feel like our, our, our identity, how we see ourselves, is changing. And it will even be proven out by how others see us. Lord Jesus, that is a lot in one year. But I thank you that we have 364 days left in order to prove this out and in order to see this come to pass. So, Father, I claim again that the sweet waters of Jericho will carry them into 2023. Well, we're in that year now, but the sweet waters are still carrying us. I thank you that we claim it. It's light and easy, and it's a light thing for God to supply our needs, corporately and personally. Thank you for meeting the budget, Lord Jesus, through the people, and thank you for exceeding it. We give you praise for the great things that you've done and we've ended 2022 on a strong financial note And I thank you father the people won't take their hand off the plow They'll keep pushing forward with me in their faithfulness of their tithes and offerings And we'll have the best giving year yet we've ever had in this year because the path of promise of life is growing brighter and brighter And so we have to do better this year than last year or your word failed us But we're going to prove your word out and it will work in jesus name We give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you adoration. In Jesus' name.